After two years of war in Ukraine, and considering the current level of tension between East and West, it's incredible to think that there was a time when Russia and the West spoke of cooperation, of partnership. I remember reporting from Moscow more than 20 years ago on a visit here by the then NATO chief, George Robertson, and it was all smiles as he sat down with Vladimir Putin. So what happened? What went wrong? Well, on a recent trip to London, I sat down with Lord Robertson to talk about Russia today and about Vladimir Putin. How does the Putin that you see today on television compare with the Putin that you interacted with uh, as NATO chief? The, the Putin I met with, did good business with, established the NATO-Russia Council with, is very, very different from uh, this almost megalomaniac at the present moment. Uh, so the man who stood beside me uh, in May of 2002, right beside me, and said Ukraine is a sovereign independent nation state which will make its own decisions about security, is now the man who says that it is not a nation state and that it's got to be wiped off the face of the earth. I think that, that Vladimir Putin has a very thin skin and a huge ambition for his country, an unrealistic ambition in many ways, to, to be the equivalent of the USSR. The Soviet Union was recognised as the second superpower in the world. Russia can't make any claims in that direction. And I think that that sort of ate away at his ego. Uh, and you combine that with uh, the feebleness sometimes of the West on display. Uh, and, uh, and, many, and in many ways, the provocations uh, that he faced, as well as his own growing ego, I think that changed the individual who wanted to cooperate with NATO into somebody who now sees NATO as a huge threat. Did you ever get the impression that, that Putin wanted to join NATO? Did he ever talk to you about that? At my second meeting with, with Putin, he, he said explicitly, he said, when are you going to invite Russia to join NATO? And I said, well, we don't invite countries to join NATO. They apply to join NATO. And he said, well, we are not going to stand in line beside a bunch of countries who don't matter. And I said, well, can we stop the diplomatic sword dance, um, just get together, uh, work together and see where that takes us? I think he wanted it presented to him because I think he always thought and increasingly thinks that uh, Russia is a great nation on the world stage. Uh, and needs to get the respect that the Soviet Union had. So he was never going to comfortably fit inside an alliance of, of equal nations. And he made it clear to you at the time that other countries, other former Soviet states like Ukraine, were free to decide their own security arrangements. If they wanted to join NATO, they could join NATO, for example. During the, all the meetings I had with Putin, uh, in, the, in the three years that I was in NATO and dealing with him, he never mentioned NATO enlargement once. That's astonishing when you consider how today Vladimir Putin is constantly mentioning uh, NATO enlargement and blaming NATO enlargement for, for the war in Ukraine. We had a good relationship. My view is that it was the European Union that was the threat to the Putin model. After all, it was the offer of the association agreement to President Yanukovych 
of Ukraine, which sparked off the Maidan demonstrations, you know, the, the uh, Yanukovych departing from the, from the country. The whole of that revolution took place as a result of the European Union. And I've got a very firm conviction that he saw that the European Union had changed the former communist countries. So although he now retrospectively you know, claims that NATO is a threat, that NATO is the main object of his, uh, of his irritation, I think that's all been done retrospectively uh, in order to justify a position that he's taken up, which maybe resonates more with the Russian people who know what NATO is, but really don't have any great understanding about what the European Union and European Unionization actually means. Vladimir Putin often expresses bitterness and resentment when he talks about what happened after 1991, the fall of the Soviet Union. And he claims that the West broke a promise. He claims that the West promised not to enlarge NATO um, an inch to the east. And this is um, mentioned consistently by Russian officials. Um, was there a promise by the West, by NATO, by the United States, to the Soviet Union, to Russia, not to enlarge NATO? Who knows? There was certainly nothing on paper. There was nothing that was agreed. There was no treaty uh, to that effect. And again, it looks as though Putin is building a case you know, on the basis of an assertion and then using everything to back it up. You know, claims that Gorbachev was tricked. Claims that Yeltsin was probably drunk when he signed the Helsinki Accords, the Budapest Memorandum, the Paris Accords, uh, the NATO-Russia Founding Act. But it was Vladimir Putin himself who signed the Rome Declaration. On the 28th of May 2002, the same, the same piece of paper that I signed as well, which enshrined the, the basic principles of territorial integrity and non-interference in other countries. He signed that. So he can't blame anybody else. What do we do now? I mean, we're two years into this war, two years after the, the full-scale Russian invasion uh, of Ukraine, and so far away from the days that you were describing there when Russia was almost brought in to, this, to the family of nations. What do you think needs to happen now to move on? We, we need to be firm. There's only one thing uh, that, that the Russian elite recognise, and that is strength. Uh, and maybe with the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the uh, uh, failure to adhere to the red lines in Syria gave exactly the wrong signal to Putin about the resolution of the West. He's now got it really badly wrong. He wanted to stop the enlargement of NATO. Two new countries uh, are joining. Uh, he wanted to split the Europeans and they are united more than ever before. He wanted to split America from the Europeans and they're now welded together. So he's already made a huge mistake. But if you're Vladimir Putin now, and you're probably sitting in the Kremlin, and you're looking at a map of Europe and America, and you're probably thinking, well, the West isn't united. There's, there are signs of Ukraine fatigue across Europe. Uh, we see what's happening in the United States. Um, military assistance for Ukraine is sort of stuck in the Congress. The prospect of Donald Trump coming to power in America. He's probably thinking, Putin, that actually there is more disunity now in the West. I think if he thinks that, he makes a bad mistake. 
um, because the West is made up of democracies and the people have not yet been fully reminded of how high the stakes are that are involved in what is happening in Ukraine. And I think it's incumbent upon Western leaders to constantly remind their people that that unity is required if the Ukrainians are going to win. And if the Ukrainians don't win, we're all in very serious danger. If Russia was to, was to win and subordinate and destroy Ukraine as an independent sovereign nation state, then Vladimir Putin and the authoritarians of the world won't stop there. And our world will be run in a very different way. The rules-based order will be written by China and by Russia, by North Korea and Iran, the authoritarian states in the world today. And that will produce a very, very uncomfortable world uh, for our children and our children's children. And there is no doubt at all that they are watching you know, animatedly at the present moment for what is happening in Ukraine and the West's real determination and we need to give them the right signals at the right time.